0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. So Jacob, Jacob in Rebecca's womb, Jacob, the one who would wrestle with his brother, the one who would wrestle with God, got started even in the womb. As Esau, his twin brother, is being born, Jacob is grabbing his heel as if to pull him back in, saying, I want to be first. So Jacob's mother names him Jacob. In Hebrew, Jacob means heel grabber, hustler, overreacher, supplanter, scoundrel, trickster, cheat. Cheat. Fast forward a few years, and Esau has been out working in the fields. He is hungry, and he is tired. He comes into the tent, and he smells the food that Jacob has been cooking, and he is famished, and he says, hey, give me some of that that you eat. And Jacob says, here, yeah, sure, but give me your birthright before you get the food. Now, Esau must have been super hungry because he trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. Jacob, fast forward a few more years and Jacob's dad is on his deathbed. Dad is Isaac. Isaac's eyes have grown um, old where they can't see as well. So Jacob goes and puts on one of his brother's furs that he would have used for hunting. And he goes into his father's room and he asks for the blessing that should have gone to Esau. And he steals it from him. We're told in scripture that Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near and I will kill my brother Jacob. And so Jacob flees his home. And he goes to the safety of his uncle Laban. Fast forward and Jacob decides it's time to return home. He goes to his uncle. He asks for permission and his blessing to leave. And he says, look, I will only take the worst of the livestock with me if you let me go. And so Laban lets him go, but instead of taking the worst of the livestock, he tricks and cheats his uncle out of the best of the livestock. You get it, Jacob lived up to his name throughout his life. And so Jacob, in returning to his homeland, is not only fleeing his uncle who wants to kill him for cheating him out of the good livestock, but he's coming home home to his brother who wants to kill him for cheating him out of his birthright. Jacob reminds me that faith, faith is in God's goodness. While it's easy for us to say, well, at least I'm not as bad as Jacob, the reality is that I have done stuff that I regret. Not all of us are Don Dyers and have lived a life without any sort of sense of regret. And so here Jacob goes and he sends away his wife, his livestock, his children, and he sits and he waits by the shores of a river. He waits either for his uncle to come and to kill him, or his brother to find him and to kill him. Have you all ever sat and bottom? Have you all ever just said, "This is it"? God, though, is faithful, faithful even to Jacob. Chris Nard is a photojournalist who published a book entitled Dignity a few years ago. Arnard used to be an atheist. The book started as a series of essays that he wrote for The Guardian entitled The People Who Challenged My Atheism The Most Were Drug Addicts and Prostitutes. Arnaud was an unbelieving French-cuff financier on Wall Street. When the market crashed in 2008, he lost his job. He began traveling through urban America, interviewing homeless addicts and prostitutes and squatters and taking their picture. I'd always counted myself as an atheist. He writes, I picked picked on the Bible, a tome cobbled together over hundreds of years that provides so many inconsistencies. He says, when I first walked into the Bronx photographing homeless addicts, I assumed I would find the same cynicism I had towards faith. If anyone had the perfect candidate for atheism, it was the addicts to see daily how unfair, unjust, and the evil the world can be. But he says, none of them are. Rather, they are some of the strongest believers I have ever met. Arnaud writes about a 40-something-year-old woman named Takesha. She talked to him for an hour against a wall at the Corpus Christi Monastery in the South Bronx. When she was 13, Takesha's mother, who was a prostitute, put her out on the streets to work, which she had done for the last 30, 30 years. It's sad, Takesha says, when it's your mother who you trust and she was out there with me but you know who kept me through all that? God. Jesus. Whenever I got into a guy's car, Jesus came down and stuck with me and got into the car with me. Takesha has a framed print of the Lord's Supper that she takes with her wherever she goes to sleep for a night. She's hung at the image above her above her bed in abandoned buildings and in sewage-filled basements and leaned it against a tent pole on an interstate where she lived. He always comes down and he meets me where I am and when I need him the most, she told Enard. Jason Michelli says that that Martin Luther says that from Adam onwards, you and I are addicted to what Luther called the glory story. That is, uh, that we are hardwired by sin to imagine that God is far off in heaven, up doing glory stuff and doling out rewards for every faithful step we take towards him, and then doles out chastisements for every slip up on the way. The glory story prompts all sorts of questions and cliches because it gets the gospel story backwards. The story of the gospel is the story of the cross. It is not the story of our ascent to God, but it is God's journey to us, which ends at a cross. The story of the cross is the story of God's condescension, not our ascension. And the story of the cross isn't a story that starts with Jesus. But it goes back. goes back to the, to the God who descended to Jacob and wrestled with him. That God comes to us in the crucified Christ. God is the one who always comes to us. Indeed, that's why the first Christians believed it was the pre Christ who wrestles with Jacob in the dark of the night. The angel and the darkness is the second adam jesus who has the authority to rename god's creatures the god who snuck up on us in jesus on the cross is the god who creeps up on jacob in the darkness the god who jumps on jacob in the darkness in all of his guilt and sin is the same god who comes down and finds us in our own struggles And so while it might seem funny to have Jacob as a hero of faith, yet his story, frankly, is our story. And if God can find grace and faithfulness with Jacob, surely God can find grace and faithfulness for me. Amen.